Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So West Ham came away then with a point uh, against Newcastle at home, 2-all. Riley, tough game overall. And to be honest, I think a lot of fans would have probably taken a point before the game going in. I don't think we'd have been too annoyed about it. But on the circumstances, the fact that we were 1-0 up um, uh, and playing very well, I think, the first half and probably uh, probably edged it, I would say, and probably looked like possibly getting a second. Obviously, then we go into the second half and concede uh, two goals and have to come back. Um, and get a late leveller uh, for a very good goal, actually, from Mohamed Kudus. Um, just want to get, before we go into sort of the details and bits of the game, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Was you a, a happy boy after the game, or do you feel like that was a bit of an opportunity miss? Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into all that, I just want to say, it's bloody good to see you, mate. I haven't done a video of you in absolutely so long. I mean, while, the schedule, schedules ain't aligning, like the stars ain't aligning for us. It's uh, busy, busy times at the moment. It's been a very long time since we've been in video mm. together. So how are you, mate? I'm really good, mate. Really good. You know, West Ham are keeping me very happy at the moment. It's been a good season. So, because uh, in the fact that obviously our videos last season were predominantly, you know, quite downbeat because of the season mm. we were having and in the relegation battle. Of course, with Europe was brilliant. But yeah, mate, it's great to see you. And it's nice to be back uh, recording again. As you say, we've just, we've just been so busy, the pair of us. And it's so it's been very difficult to get the sort of time slots to make it work. So yeah, it's nice. And we're going to make uh, make sure that going forward that we make sure that we're doing, you know, weekly, we've got videos together. So yeah, back together, mate, you know, and uh, yeah, really, really pleased, mate. Are you been okay? Yeah, mate, yeah, I've been doing really well. And uh, of course, like you say, seeing the football the West Ham play at the moment, it, it does just make these videos a bit better. Uh, I remember last season, half the time, we jumped on a video, I think, to be saying, oh, I've got to say something positive. I've got to, you know, try and put a spin on it. I don't want to be, you know, 100% pure negative. But most of the time, we just ended up going on there and having a bit of a rant. So it's nice, actually, to be talking mm. a bit positive about that. And I'll tell you what, mate, I am a happy boy. Um, I think you look at Newcastle, this is the same team that, you know, beat Sheffield United 8-0 away from home. Uh, mm. beat PSG 4-1 at home and I think that to be fair a lot of that came through the 12th man effect in my eyes uh, turning St James's Park to a fortress but they did it you know they kept the likes of Mbappe quiet 
uh, Dembele, Kalu Mwani, you know, this isn't, it's not, a, you know, this is one of probably the best teams in the country, you know. And um, mm. to be honest, I think we outplayed Newcastle. I think they, they couldn't touch a glove on us in the first half. And um, I think we played re uh, really well. And, and you look at the goals that they scored as well, fairly contentious. Our two goals from open play, theirs were mm. kind of from set pieces. And, you know, I think realistically, we were the architects of our own downfall. You know, we didn't defend too well. Whereas our goals, I think, were just well worked and, uh, and good goals to score. I think it was quite harsh, to be fair, for us to be 2-1 down towards the end of the game. But, um, you know, something you discussed uh, before we even started the video was this sort of trend of us going 1-0 up and not being able to hold a lead or having a strong first-half performance. And to be fair, it's quite ironic because I think last season it was the opposite. Last season mm. we used to start games very slow and stagnant and then, you yeah. know, always a couple subs or it would just get later into the game and all of a sudden we'd come to life a little bit. But now we're starting off games very, very strong, which is obviously a positive. But mm. then we take the foot off the gas or we just don't really keep it going, keep the flow going throughout the entire game. But what do you think that's all about, mate? Do you think it's because of the players we've got at the moment? Do you think maybe the subs kill us off a little bit? Or do you think that, you know, teams that have the opposite of the West Ham effect, they themselves wake up to, oh, you know, West Ham isn't an easy game, you know, we're not, we're going to have to step it up mm. a bit, we're going to have to try and break them down. Or do you think, which is what I think, that maybe our players sometimes just don't have the concentration to keep out a team for 90 minutes. You look at Aguard and the criticism he's getting at the moment, you know, do you think that's the case? It's it's really tough to call, isn't it? What the, the reason is. I mean, the reason obviously we'll talk about this in this video more is because it is becoming a trend. This isn't just a one-off. I mean, if you look back to Man Manchester City at home, very, very good first half performance, uh, one nil up at half time. I think a lot of our fans went into the break thinking, do you know what? We can cause an upset here. We we could we could beat City. And then you know, end up losing three-one. We sort of we switched off at the beginning of the second half, got punished. Um, we did the same against Sheffield United, uh, albeit we, it was an, um, a bad performance overall. We came away 2-0 winners, but you again, it was a completely different performance the second half. Um, and we didn't get punished for it that day. And then, But we got punished for it against Newcastle. It's a tricky mm. one with Newcastle, though. I'm not necessarily blaming it all on that for them coming back into the game, because I think there was a few factors in that Newcastle game that really swayed it. And the referee being one of them, I thought was pretty poor um, and didn't help matters. but. That being said, I think we, th there is definitely a, something happening at half time that seems to be um, coming. Uh, we're, we're then seeing in, in the in the second half display because it's almost like when I watch it, it feels like like we, we look like a team that where the half hour break, sorry the half time break feels like it's been like an hour. Mm. The, the, the momentum's completely gone because if you remember the new, I don't know if you saw uh, or you were at the game, Riley, but the the. Oh, yeah. the yeah, the, the the first the end of the first half, we looked like getting a second. We were pushing mm. and pushing and pushing, and I think Newcastle were kind of wanting half time to arrive. It just feels like we come out the second half, and that 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 buzz, that 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 excitement to try and get that second goal just completely diminishes, and we then suddenly look like a team that's on the back foot. Now, as you say, what's causing it? I'd like to think that um, there is a, there there would be the reason being for me would be that the the team overall are probably. Trying a bit, maybe a little bit more cagey, want to hold on a little bit, and then catch them on the counter. That's what I think it probably is. I hope I don't think it's a really serious problem. I'd struggle to imagine that the, the that the the instruction is to take the game, you know, come out in a much slower pace. I can't imagine them saying that to the players, but I don't know whether it's a team thing or a managerial uh, decision. It's very very hard to to pinpoint. But one thing that's quite clear is it can't carry on because if we want to be challenging for top six this season, let's just be honest, we we should be that should be our aspirations. Um, this season, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. 
I do think that we're going to get we're going to get unstuck if we keep coming out second half um, of games and being completely uh, on the back foot because it's it, mate we're losing points because of it. I, I actually saw a statistic today, and I, 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 when I say statistic, it was a tweet, so I haven't actually seen it in detail. But someone said that we'd be top of the league if if the um, or if it was based on just half um, first half performances. Most we, we seem to be throwing away points in the second half, so oh, wow. a bit concerning really. Um, so. I mean, what, what's your feeling on it in terms of your concern? Is it something that you're worried about? Is it something that you think is a big problem, or do you think it's something that we could really it could be easily rectified? Well, I mean, I look at that Newcastle game, mate, and I look at the second half, and yeah, fair enough, they got the two goals, and you could argue you're on the back foot and chasing an equaliser, but I don't think Newcastle played the best of football. I mean, like I said, their two goals, um, it didn't come from open play; it came from a set piece, and you know, fair enough, it, the first one was a. Uh, an accidental header by Alvarez, you know, headed it onto Isaac uh, mm. or Isaac, I pronounce it. If he puts that behind for a corner, that's no goal. You know, if there's not a foul that I don't believe was a foul, then that no. goal doesn't exist yeah. either. And for the second one, you could argue that a has got to be stronger, a little nudge in the back from uh, Isaac. And also you think, how is it getting past three West Ham players to reach that back post? That shouldn't yeah. happen. So in my eyes, I'm sitting there and thinking, we don't need to change an awful lot. I mean, like I said, with the architects around downfall in that second half, we keep a clean sheet in that second half, 45 minutes, we win the game. It's as simple as that. We don't need to have this really strong second half performance if we've already, you know, built our sort of wall for success through a first half performance where we scored goals. Um, in my eyes, I just think that if we defended better, and, and again, it's like the opposite to last season. Last season, we couldn't score goals. You know, we couldn't create chances. Mm. We looked boring. Mm. We looked like, we couldn't, you know, no team was scared of us. This season... We can't defend, you know, we're, we're getting really silly mistakes and we're conceding really silly goals. And fair enough, mm. you wouldn't love the ball and Aged, feel free to do so. I think it's a team problem. And it's a shame, actually, because I think that Aged has defended well and so is Zuma, so is Alvarez, uh, Sufau, Emerson. I think they're probably, they're probably the best they've ever played for West Ham currently at the moment. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just a case of, with you know, we're going forward and, and creating more chances. And with that, comes the you know you have to then get back into shape you can't just sit in your shape and, and and defend out so in my eyes I don't see it as a huge problem I think the you know City are always going to undo us no matter how many goals we get in front that was inevitable uh again in the Liverpool game we started really well we could have had one or two goals and then we could have you know built ourselves up and not had a penalty you know again in that game you know we conceded a penalty we didn't defend too well for the goal so in my eyes I think that Yes, we weren't necessarily leading the game in the second half and on the front foot the entirety of the game. But for me, it's more about just ironing out those mistakes because every single team that is losing at half time is going to come back stronger in the second half or at least attempt to come mm, back stronger mm. in the second half because the manager's going to give the team talk. Um, you know, some some teams reserve themselves in the first half and they go full uh, for the last 45 minutes. Who knows if that's what we're doing? But I don't think West Ham are doing an awful lot wrong at the moment. You know, I think that a lot of the decisions didn't go our way and... Uh, yeah. I think we set ourselves up for victory and we just weren't able to capitalise on it through the defensive mistakes. But talking about the decisions, mate, there's probably about three we need to talk about. The, the first one, mm. Gamares, should he have been on the pitch? Well, no, like it was um it was a second yellow card for me. I don't I I I can't it was like a, uh, it, it was the same challenge you got booked for earlier. So I, mm. I don't I, it just does my head in with these referees more than anything. It's just the consistency. I just can't fathom their one decision, yeah, okay, that's a booking, and then the second being, yeah, no, it's not a booking, and it's pretty much a carbon copy of the first. I don't know how he survived it. I, I just and, it, and what was even more bizarre, I was right in front of the referee, literally. Yeah. Uh, I just don't understand the decision. Um, I think he got away with that one. 
Um, just quickly before we go into that, though, mate, you're right, the refereeing decisions. I think when we talk about the, the, the trend, the worrying trend, when I say it's not worrying, it is a bit of a worrying trend because we do seem to be starting second halves in a, in a very slow fashion, right? And it is, it's, it is causing us problems because we've lost points second half because we just don't seem to keep that emphasis in, you know, in, in how we're going to play. Uh, we don't carry it forward in the second half. It always just seems to be a, a, two, yeah, a game of two halves for us at the moment. But when we talk about Newcastle, the game specifically, I actually think it wasn't just that. Like you said, David Moyes was right to say, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. But West Ham, there's two factors. One was slow start, two poor defending. Two goals were really sloppy. Um, and then obviously the third being, as we're talking about now, which is the refereeing decision. But yes, mate, um, in answer to your question, yeah, it, absolutely a second yellow. I, I don't understand why it wasn't given. I just, I, all I can think of is that he booked him. And then he's, it was such a quick you know, challenge later on. He didn't know what to do. First half, do I send him off? I think he just got caught in that moment, the ref, and thought, oh, do I want to send a player off this early in the game? I think that's probably the only thing that saved him. I think if that had been a challenge, the same challenge had been, say, on the 60, 70th minute mark, I think he'd have been sent off. Um, mm. I think it was purely the time of the game that, that got, he got away with it. Foul. Like, foul is a foul, Mark. You know what I mean? Like, we're on the yeah, count. Yeah, He's taking us down. Like, it shouldn't go. And, and, you know, referees have done that before. Referees have, mm. you know, I've, I've seen uh, an instance, I think, last season. I think it was Lamina with Wolves, where he uh, put a challenge in. He got a yellow card and then he got booked for descent. So he literally got two yellow cards in the space of about 30 seconds. And I guess yeah. it, it depends how strong the referee is going to be. And I think sometimes yeah. away from home, if we're playing at Newcastle, you think, OK, well, maybe he's not going to send him off two yellow cards in the space of like two minutes. Fair enough, mm. but we're at home. It's West Ham. You just think, surely that's got to come out of it. You know, if Gamara's punched him in the face two days later, does it? It doesn't matter. A foul is a foul. No, I, I agree. I, I do agree. I, I, I'm totally in agreement. I think that he should have been sent off. Like, absolutely. Um, but I just, I think that's what the referee probably thought because. It, there's no other reason for it. Why would you not book him again? Because it was a clear, as, as um, there was a, a panel talking about it, and there were a couple of referees on the panel, and they said none of us would have complained had he been shown a second yellow card. There would have been no argument. Um, they got away with it. They did get away with that decision, Newcastle. It's frustrating. But as you say, it wasn't just the only decision, mate. It, there was a few, wasn't there, that were very, quite costly, I think, to West Ham ultimately. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, the most obvious one is. It's a 50-50 with Tonali, you know, Paqueta is just stronger. If anything, I think the, you know, Tonali trying to wrestle with mm. Paqueta and Paqueta's wriggled out of it and Tonali's just fallen on the floor. I can understand why the referee's giving it. That's never a foul, mate. I mean, it's a 50-50, you know, it's a mm. it's a contact sport football. You use your body, you use your strength. And the amount of times I've seen Antonio manhandled on that pitch and nothing mm. ever gets given. And in the middle of the park, bear in mind as yeah. well, they the free kick about 10 yards closer than they should have done. Um, they yeah. did the, same, the, the Ward Prowse free kick, which albeit they didn't go into the wall, but the referee just completely lost control of the game at that point. And fair enough to Newcastle, it was a well worked set piece and it was a 50 50. But that for me is not never, never a foul. No, never. It was never a foul. And, and it was that it brings back that sort of age old argument of, of footballers, former footballers should be referees or be in that game because. That was just typically a naive moron referee that's mm. just seen a, pl- a couple of players come together. One's fallen over. Oh, it must be a foul to, to Newcastle. There was no, as you say, they were both tussling for the ball. They, there was no fouling going on. They were just trying to outmuscle each other to get the ball. Yeah. Um, Tomali's gone down and he's just, and as you say, he's trying to pull Paqueta down and he's just fallen and gone and Paqueta's gone. 
And all because he's fallen on the ground, the referees have deemed it a foul. It is really, really poor um, for the ref. And so frustrating, of course, because that led to the equaliser and ultimately the, the turning point of the game. Because not to say Newcastle didn't deserve something from that game, by the way. I, I don't think I don't think Newcastle played badly and West Ham fully deserved the three points. But decisions that could have gone our way, should have gone our way, that was a big, big one. Because obviously, of course, they went and then scored. The momentum then was with Newcastle. But as David Moyes said after the game, he was angry at his defence. One for conceding from that um, on the equaliser, because it was poor from us. And then, of course, mate, we, we conceded, didn't we, straight away afterwards? I think about five minutes later, they were 2-1 up. Um, again, really, really poor defending from us. So lackluster. Unlike us, actually, I would say. A bit unlike West. You know, that's not how David Moyes tends to be. His sides are very, very good at defending. I found us to be... We just looked like we were asleep. Um, for the second goal, uh, I was very frustrating, but mate, look, it is what it is. Um, and what was the other decision? Any other that you found that were that were big that we needed to talk about? Well, a lot of people have said that the the first goal was offside, and to be fair, I thought it was at first because. But I've had a reread of the actual rules, and because Alvarez has played the ball with intent, like it's not come off his shoulder or bounced off him or anything. Uh, so from the initial free kick, uh, Isaac was offside. So obviously, you say, right. well, okay, offside from the initial Newcastle pass. Then if a West Ham player's touched it, it's null and void because he's offside. But because Alvarez has intended to head the ball, maybe not in his exact direction, it's therefore not offside because he's intended to pass the ball. And the then the next phase of play, if whether Isaac's offside or onside, doesn't right. matter. Right? right. So that wasn't offside. But the one I'm talking about is the um the little push from uh Isaac. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the back of a gird. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's a foul, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think it's it's a big, powerful striker. Fair enough if, if you know, again, throws himself to the floor, I can see it being given. But personally, I think it's a little nudge. I mean, again, it's got to be stronger. He's got to know that Isaac's behind yeah. him. If he's started to Isaac there, as a good defender would be, he wouldn't be able to push him. And if he did push him, then it's a foul because at the end yeah. of the day, you know, to push someone from there, he's going to have a lot more force than to give him a little nudge and then, you know, get him in the back post. So yeah, I think I, I, he has to be stronger and tighter there. And that's, you know, I don't think it's a foul personally. No, I, I I agree with that. I I I well for for one thing, when none of us complained about it. Yeah, I mean, it's right in front of me that goal, and I didn't think at didn't all. Really. That I, I you know usually you'd sense it. Usually you can tell by the player reactions if they believe there to be a, a, a foul, and I didn't see. I know that a Gerd, when I saw the replay did kind of look around and go like that towards the ref, but no one else was complaining. There was no even the fans weren't complaining. So yeah, I, I don't I didn't see a foul. So I like you, mate. I, I found I actually just thought it was really poor for my stand because where I sit, it was pretty much I was right in line with it, and I could kind of just see it, see it was a goal from a mile away. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Coming, you just thought right, he's going to lay it off here. He's going to square it to him. It was like we were just so asleep. It was obvious what was going on, and yeah, really, really disappointing. Obviously, that put them two one up at Newcastle. Swung the game massively. It looked, and to be honest with you, I don't know about yourself, but I, I certainly felt that that was probably going to be it. I thought we were going to lose the game. I could probably. If had that been West Ham last season, I would have said we'd probably gone on to lose three or four one. I really do. I think we'd our heads would have dropped, um, but we didn't. We didn't. Fair play to West Ham. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't a remarkable comeback in terms of we then turned it around and dominated. I thought it took a little bit of time. Um, Mohamed Kudus, though, mate, it has to be said, was a big factor. Of course, he was a big factor because he scored the goal. But I actually thought that his performance coming on was it lifted us. It's what we needed. I think it 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 just gave them. 
has a complete different edge. And you can see Newcastle were really struggling with him, actually, to contain him. Um, and got to say, he looks a very, very big player. Obviously, we'll, we can talk more about him as, the, as there'll be more conversations to talk about Kudus in the coming mm. weeks, definitely, in terms of his importance to the side, because it seems to be he seems to be becoming a vital player already. Um, even though Moyes is sort of saying, yeah, I'm bedding him in, I'm going to give him a bit of time. But you're looking at him now thinking, I think Antonio's position's under threat, or Tom and Tom Suchek, you kind of look and think, because I think so, I think he has to be playing, mate. I really do. It was He was just, he was so impressive. Um, but I'll tell you what, I will give credit to West Ham in that. I mean, I was, it was frustrating to, to see our head, you know, to concede those two goals. We were at fault. I know the referee was as well, and absolutely, he, he, he should be accountable. But, West Ham is still, we still have a job to do. As Moyes said at the end of the day, the foul's been given. You've got to deal with these things and we didn't deal with them at all. But credit to West Ham because we fought back against a very good side. And mate, not only did we get a very good equaliser in Kudus. So I'll tell you what, let's talk about the Kudus goal first before we go into the later part of the game. Obviously, it was the 89th minute, wasn't it? Uh, what did you make of it, mate? I'm, I'm assuming you were, you were absolutely thrilled for him. Yeah, I mean... Um... I think he showed good glimpses in the game, but I, I just didn't see a goal coming. I didn't see where it was going to come. Um, I just think the final pass was lacking and we just weren't able to go in those positions. So I, I kind of thought that it wasn't going to come. But, you know, Sufal, again, another assist from Sufal. I mean, I don't know how these teams aren't buying into the fact that, you know, most of our goals this season are coming from our fullbacks in advanced positions. And it was quite mm. a simple ball, really, just to Kudus. But, you know, he takes it brilliantly, hits it on the half volley. And scores, and that, that's what a player like that can do, you know, if he's got that kind of quality. Um, yeah. And what I would argue as well is if that ball falls to Thomas Suchek, that doesn't go in, you know, he's not going to take that yeah. shot. He's not going to take that yeah. risk. So, you know, if you've watched the video that I did earlier today, you'll know kind of my thoughts on on Kudus and where he should be starting or if he should be starting. Mm. Um, but in terms of, I'm really happy for him as well to get the goal. Uh, I think it just adds an extra layer of kind of, you know, excitement to the, the dressing room and a bit more solidity as well. You know, Bowen getting his long-term contract, Kuda scoring his first goal, the signings all bedding in and playing really well. Uh, the you know the Sufal and Suchek getting back to their best, the checkmates. I think you know everything at the moment is just going really really well, and uh, I think that that goal will be a huge boost of confidence for him and obviously for Moyes. Who, to be fair, I will give him credit. I think his subs were very very good. You know he put yeah, Ram yeah, on, put mm. on. He didn't do what he normally does and think, oh, let's just keep the team as it is. Hope it, hope he gets a goal. And he was bold as well. He took off Suchek and he took off Antonio. You know, that's quite, that's quite bold substitutions. Yeah, for him. yeah. yeah. But, yeah. You know, and ultimately, his substitution paid off and was a goal scorer. So I've got, you've got to give credit to Moyes for that one. But yeah, brilliant take by Kudus and uh, very, very happy for him. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, he, he's a player not only with abundance of ability of running and he's got a great awareness, but there's not many players... Um, you can think of, especially in West Ham's time, but not even in, in general, that had the ability to get fire those shots away really quickly because he got hold of that fast, you know, and, and I'm just really excited by him, really excited. Like you say, at that point in the game, you know, 89th minute as well, I thought it was gone. I couldn't really see us getting a goal back, I, although we had a couple of sort of chances a little bit, but we never really looked like scoring. Kudas just made the difference. He, he just got that quality. Um uh, really, really pleased for him. And I, you just get the feeling with him that he's got that natural ability to score goals. He's, he's got more in him this season. You know, it, it doesn't feel, it, you know, with certain places, if, like, if that had been a, an Antonio goal, you go, brilliant, because he, don't get me wrong, Antonio's got the ability to do that. We've seen it. He can he can unleash a good, decent shot on him. But with Antonio, it's it's here and there, isn't it? it? It's, you know, sometimes he pops up, does something brilliant like he did against Chelsea. Then you see him, then he don't score for a few weeks. He doesn't really look like scoring. Um, but with Kudus, you just think he's got that look about him, that like he's just a menace and he's going to score a lot of goals for us if he's given the opportunity. So, no, re really pleased, mate. And as you say, David Moyes spot on. Great. The, the changes work well. 
And my, my, and I tell you what, you're right. Like in terms of who he's bringing off, he's bringing off his um, old Calvary, the trusted players that he he relies on and has always relied on. Thomas Suchek and Antonio are his favourite, you know, part of his trusted group. And he's called them both off to say we're going to go for this. So it's a good sign, mate. I'm not. It's, let's be honest. This has been a great season so far. Nothing. I've got no real complaints. Uh, if someone, like I said, to start the video, mate. If someone said a draw before the game, Newcastle, I think. I think most of us would have said, yeah, that's, I would probably take that. Um, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd like to have won it. I think on another day we would have won it. Obviously, I'm going to quickly talk about the last part of the... After we scored, mate, we, we were really putting them under pressure. Um, and uh, Jared Bowen almost nicked it, uh, sort of cut inside beautifully and uh, fired a shot across goal. I think I think it was Ben Rahm, wasn't it, on the, on the, on the far post? Just wasn't quite there to, to put it in. Um yeah, I'll tell you what, man, another day I think we'd have won that. But uh, no, I mean, overall, are you um, are you pleased overall with the draw or are you, are you uh, somewhat disappointed we didn't take all three points? Uh, mate, honestly, I, I would have taken a draw before the game. I'd take a draw after the game. I'd have taken a draw during the game. You know, I think Newcastle are a great side. They're, they're the kind of team that I think we need to be maybe in, in the later end of the season if we're going to, you know, finish above them. I think, you know, uh, Newcastle, Villa, Brighton... Uh, probably Chelsea and United when they get going. Those those will be the teams that we're going to you know be in around hopefully uh, in the end of the season if we keep playing the way we're playing. But at the end of the day, we faced Newcastle top four last season. Uh, mm. Chelsea, who at the time was had a massive injection into their squad. So you know the players we played against, you can't take that away from us just because they're not no. playing the best football. Uh, Man no. City treble winners last season. Liverpool look back and better than ever. Um, and of course, you know Brighton, who again were you know finishing the top six and. We have a you know illustrious curse against them. Not only have we never beaten them away from home, but we've never beaten them in the Premier League full stop. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think when you look at the season as a whole, there's only two games there where you think, right, Bournemouth, Luton, well, three games, Bournemouth, Luton and Sheffield, you think, well, those have to be wins, realistically. And yeah. uh, we've got we've got more than nine points. So you have to be a happy boy at the end of that, mate. If you can't enjoy these sorts of moments, mate, then you know it, it would just suck to be a football fan. So I think you've got to be happy, you've got to be positive. Um, with the start of the season we've had. And I think, what, we're seventh place now and we're getting a, a sort of easier run of games. I think we've got to be happy about uh, the way we've started this season and I hope it continues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pleased with the start of the season. Absolutely. Really, really pleased, mate. Uh, it's, it's, it has been a positive start. And um, I think before I did the preview for the Newcastle game, I said that I felt that that game would be um, a, a good sort of um, bar in, in terms of in, in judging how, where we are this season and working out, uh, are we going to be able to compete with the top sides? I, I think it shows that we can. Um, mm. it, as I say, it would have been fantastic to have taken the three points. It would have been a real statement. But um, I, I, on another day, I think we would have done. I think the referee was uh, played a big role in us not. Um, as I said, but we've, we've already discussed it. We're not going to go over it again. But I feel, uh, we, we we didn't help ourselves at all. But yeah, mate, I'm well pleased. And look, it, we've got a long way to go. Yeah, we've got a period of patchy games now coming up. Bar um, Aston Villa away, which is going to again a very tough game. One of our competitors mm. this season, um, which will be, again be another judge of where we are. But we've got some games after that you look at and really we could be getting maximum points from. So it's an exciting season, mate. Really exciting. Of course, we've got Europa going on. So, yeah, happy boy all around, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.